279. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right. All right. Second yep. Corinthians. Yeah, Second Corinthians, man. Um, yeah, so we've we're kind of familiar with Corinth. <laughs> right. uh, we've talked about them in Acts. We've talked about them obviously in First Corinthians, and now we're here in Second Corinthians again. The same church that Paul planted. Um, again, you know this church had a ton of problems, right? right. So we remember in First Corinthians we had this problem solution structure. Here we have the second letter that survived, right? So Paul sent other letters to Corinth. And he actually visited Corinth on a painful visit right. uh, as a church planner who was upset with things that were going on. Right. And now he's here uh, pinning this letter just to show them like, man, uh, uh, the reconciliation that has happened between us and to offer or to ask for money for the Jerusalem church, but also to defend his apostleship against the false apostles or super apostles, he's going to call them. Uh, in this text. So he starts off, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Mm. He comforts us in all our affliction. Why? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. So he's going to, in this first section, bro, like one, three, I think to 11, he's going to update them on What's been going on with him? He's right. like, yo, man, like I, I'm blessing God, bro, because of all of the <clears> deep <throat> suffering and pain that I've experienced since the last time we talked. Right? right. And he's like, man, it was so bad. Fam, like in verse eight, he's like, it was so bad, bro. I wanted to die. Right. Right. <laughs> like I, I wanted it to just be over. And one of the things Paul is going to do all throughout this letter, bro, is speak of the character and nature of his ministry. Right. Uh, as opposed to these false apostles that are coming in. He's like, yo, man, like I live this cruciform lifestyle. Right. Right. Like because of the sufferings of Christ, right? I'm united to Christ and the sufferings of Christ overflow to me. Right. But the beauty of the gospel is that we have the Holy Spirit, right? And we have God's power working in us. So the comfort as well that God provides is working in me as well. And just so many implications I thought of as I thought of this text, man, like the one of the worst things about suffering is that we have to endure pain. Right. One of the, you know, most redemptive things about suffering is that it teaches us how to comfort others as they endure pain as well. Right. Yeah. And that's something Paul's going to do. And, you know, um, like it's crazy because Paul's essentially saying that suffering has a goal, right? As we live on mission for Jesus, it is meant to make us like Christ, but it's also meant to, he'll say here, to make us trust Christ, right? right? Like yeah. He's like, this was so that um, I wouldn't trust on myself, but in God who raises the dead. Yeah. Um, and this, this suffering, man, it deepens our faith and dependence on the one who raised Christ. But also, man, like, I just think as we think about suffering as believers, bro, we have to remember that the gospel is the only place that tells us to expect suffering but also at the same time gives us the resources to endure it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse 9 right there has one of the most powerful so that's in the Bible. Um, He says, man, indeed, we had felt that we had received the sentence of death Mm -hmm. so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who 
raises the dead, that there mm-hmm. is an aspect where Paul's like, man, one day we are going to die and we're going to experience the resurrection power of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another way we experience the resurrection power of God is when our despair takes us to the brink of death mm. and God doesn't let us cross over, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. there is a way in which we experience the resurrection power of the spirit, not by actually dying and raising, but by being persever- or, but by persevering and being restored when it seems yeah. like oh, the only likely destination, the only place from here is down, right? Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's excellent, man. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he, after that, I think Paul Paul goes into the way in which, like, yo, he's just kind of updating him, like, man, I planned to come to y'all, but I didn't. And he's like, yo, don't think I'm unintegral or insincere, um, but I didn't want to cause you any more pain. Remember, I said before that he uh, visited them after folks was wilding on this like painful visit. Right. Um, and so uh, he didn't, he doesn't come to them. He's updating them on his missionary journey and plans and the relationship that he, uh, or the reconciliation that exists now between them. Right. And two, you know, he's going to talk about this guy <laughs> who essentially, I guess was, you know, many would say he was bad mouthing Paul and the folks that had repented of their sin in Corinth basically discipline this brother. Right. Right. And Paul is like, yo, all right, he's been disciplined, right? Like reaffirm your love to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like forgive him. Right. right? And the reason and the impetus, he's like, I forgive him. If y'all forgive him, like I forgive him. It's no issue. And in verse 11, he says, so that I want y'all to forgive him so that Uh. we may not be taken advantage of by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his schemes. Right. And it's just like incredible. Like, I think that's something that glossed, like that's glossed over in this text because it's like, yo, man, like unforgiveness, right? We we underestimate the power of unforgiveness and how that is fertile ground for the seeds of Satan. Mm. Satan's right? trick, yo. Satan's yeah. trick, his schemes are unforgiveness. As much as Christ died and rose and God yes. has left us here to be minis- uh, to be ministers of reconciliation and mm-hmm. forgive yeah. Satan's scheme, his tricks, his MO, the target that he has is, man, if I can keep people in unforgiveness, mm. uh, this is one way to undermine the very work that Paul has done. And Paul's like, yo, y'all can't like, don't get blindsided by what Satan's trying to do, right? And mm. Karen Ellis says this all the time. She says, yo, mm. um, you know, Satan doesn't have new tricks. He just has better marketing, right? Mm. So mm. Um, Oreos, they really don't have great, or like <laughs> all of their snacks are the same. Two cookies <laughs> with cream filling. But what they do is they constantly find new flavors, not even Mm. ones that folks would like, but to remind people of the old ones that they have on the shelf so that people pick that up. And what Paul's trying to say is, yo, Satan, Satan had like, this is his scheme. And I don't Mm. want y'all to be ignorant of what he's trying to do. He's trying to remind you of offenses. He wants to keep you in unforgiveness. Paul's Mm. saying, don't fall for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there are spiritual realities, right, at work 
when we harbor unforgiveness mm. against our brothers and sisters. That's and Paul good. is trying to re- remind them of that here. Uh, I, we tend to think very much horizontally, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, nah, he just tripping. Nah, that's his own sin. But no, it's right. like, no, like there are really dark forces at work. So in at the end of two, Paul's like, all right, check it. I'm finna just start like laying out like my ministry versus these cats. Right. Like for, uh, for real, bro, like, let me keep it a buck with y'all. I ain't never peddled the gospel for a check. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was never in it for the money like so many other people. And then he's going to say, yo, people coming with these letters of recommendation. Right. And he's like, the folks ask me, where are my credentials? Where are my credentials at? He, so, so in other <laughs> words, in Paul's time, itinerant ministers who traveled around, did missionary work, they used letters of recommendation to establish their legitimacy and authority. Yeah. And Paul is like, yo, hold on. You are. The church, yeah. you're my letters of recommendation. Like my legitimacy as an, like the respect that should be put on my name, fam. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of y'all. Yeah, yeah, Paul's like, man, this is the church that I started. So you and y'all, y'all are married. Where did y'all meet at? Y'all yeah. met at the church. Who started the <laughs> church, right? Me and so I Paul did. goes in and says, yeah, y'all are. Why y'all mm-hmm. tripping? And the thing that's so crazy, it's like, how, right? How are they his letters of recommendation? And this was so excellent of Paul to say this, right. because he's like, y'all not only mine, y'all are Christ. That's good. And, and it's not written on paper. Right. It's written on hearts. Right. Not but with ink, but with the spirit. So in other words, Paul is saying, listen, listen, the legitimacy of my apostleship and the ultimately uh, my ministry, and ultimately Christ's ministry, yeah. is the fact that y'all have transformed lives by the power right. of the spirit. right. right. And so, man, one of the things I thought about, this is an application, bro. Like when people, you know, wrestle with the problems in the church, mm. one of the things they do is they look to the worst examples right, right. of people in the church that have been hypocritical. Right. But very rarely do they juxtapose those people or those folks with the, the people who example. they really mm. know who have transformed lives. That's good, bro. That's good. To think about the legitimacy of the church that's good. right yeah. like do you put both of those right. in tandem ah. and it's like paul is saying fam like the evidence is the transformed lives the spiritual transformation uh that is present man in y'all yeah that's so good bro yeah and it's that's crazy so man like i was just like yo like why don't we do that you know what i'm saying yeah. and he's like yo let me just let me just let me go even further like I'm a minister of the new covenant. Right. right. So he's like, yo, man, like all these people talking about this, these credentials and all these other things. Like I'm a minister of the new covenant that is mediated through Christ by the power of working of the spirit. And he'll go and contrast the old and new covenant. Right. And he'll say like, yo, the old covenant had glory. He he argues with this rhetorical device called the, the I uh, fortiori, right? From yeah. lesser to greater. So he's yeah. like, yo, if that had glory, then this one, right? <laughs> right? This one has glory, glory, right. right? And he talks about Moses and all that kind of stuff and how, you know, Moses had to put a veil over his face when he came down the mountain, but now the veil is removed when we have the power of the spirit. And he tells us, man, like, listen, at the end, he's like, yo, these transformed lives that you have, there's yeah. a way to uh, continually be changed by the power of the spirit. And he says this by looking at Christ, right. right? By the intimacy and gazing at Christ, we are being changed from one degree of glory to another. Yeah. And Satan's trick is that whatever he can, Satan don't care what you look at. 
Yeah. He just wants to make sure that people don't look at Christ. So he says, mm. man, the God of this age has blinded folks' eyes. He's literally pulled the wool over mm. your eyes. So you're spending your time focusing on everything else but Christ. And that's the only way that the gospel of Christ is dimmed, right? Mm. And so he's going to push them to focus on Christ. And as he talks about his own life, right, mm. people would look at his poverty, his sufferings, his persecutions, all of that stuff, the the bad things that have gone on as a sign that he's not somebody that's worthy of their admiration and leadership. But Paul's actually going to say, no, no, look, look, look. Y'all want to judge God's goodness to me by the absence of conflict mm -hmm. and pain. But mm -hmm. he's like, man, y'all have to judge the goodness of God to me by the outcome of it. And mm. so Paul's going to say, nah, that's like, good, yeah, good, no, 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 no. I've been Fire. persecuted, mm. but I'm still here. Mm -hmm. I've been in despair, but I'm still here. I've been crushed down, but I'm still here. How? Because at the end of the day, y'all, listen, we are just these treasures in jars of clay, right? Mm. That there's something like powerful deep inside the spirit of God at work in us. Our outer shell is unimpressive. But that's fine, because at the end of the day, I don't want y'all just to be impressed with the outer shell. I want to mm. expose y'all to the treasure that's inside. Yep. And what Paul is saying is, this is not just for clergymen. This is not right. just for the pastors. This is for we. This is for us. That's this good. is for the church, right? This is how we all live our lives. He says, fam, you it, because you're united to Jesus, the sufferings that Jesus had, right. in a sense, are going to be present in you as a Christian, mm -hmm. right? That's why he says we carry the death of Jesus right. in our body. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, yo, like we are going to be raised up with him in right. God's power. The fact that Paul can say that I'm afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Right. The power of God Amen. working in him at the same time that the sufferings of Christ Amen. are working in him. Amen. So in other words, what Paul is going to say is, yo, fam, we can't desire to the pattern of being glorified with Jesus without taking the same path. That's good. Right. Mm. right? We can't good. desire that pattern to be exalted, raised, glorified, made new without taking the path that Christ did. Right. So he said, my ministry on this earth is going to include this cruciform lifestyle. That's good, Our bro. ministry as believers is going to include suffering. We just have mm. to like get, get our minds around that reality. But at the same time, God is going to work his power through us. Glory comes through suffering. Mm. Life comes after death. Exaltation comes after humiliation. Right. On this side of the resurrection, bro, yeah. we have to live a cruciform life. That's at good. the same time be beacons of God's power. That's good. Father, would you help us not just to long for the pattern of your resurrection and glory, but help us to follow that same path and to be reminded that you're going to be with us every step along the pathway today. Lord, give us grace to present the beauty of the gospel in all godly sincerity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.